So I'm 17 going on 18 years old and I'm looking for a job. And I just graduated high school and I had worked at an internship, which could be its own story in itself because there's some wild stuff that happened there. But during this era, I'm looking around and I would like to get something that's related to sound engineering. Even though that's what I want, in the back of my head, um, I'm still very much, or rather that, let me switch that around. In the back of my head, I want a sound engineering job. In the front of my head, my focal point and what I'm saying outwardly is I need a job. I just need to work somewhere. Wherever I go, I'll do amazing. Like I will work hard. If Even if I'm just sweeping floors, I don't care. I just want something that I can do and get paid for and move on and uh and you know worry about climbing the ladder and and making enough money and all that other stuff later so i um i'm approached by someone in the church and she tells me she knows someone who needs to hire some people and so i i go and i go to the interview and i'm all dressed up and i um the interview goes great it's a very good interview i was very interested because it was for an audiovisual company it was for a mom and pop shop it wasn't a big deal not nothing huge um there was only like three people working there and the owner also was still working occasionally so we do the interview and it goes so good it was i think if i remember correctly scheduled for like 1 30 p.m or 2 p.m or something i don't remember but it was later in the day i remember that because after the interview instead of just shaking hands and going the other way and being told we'll call you if we need you or if we're interested or whatever um they asked me to visit to one of their job sites so i go and there i am dressed in slacks and dress shoes and a nice button-up shirt um and it was kind of cool at the time it was october and uh or somewhere around september october anyway it was cool and i remember wearing a jacket a nice leather jacket that i borrowed from a buddy of mine for the interview and i'm on a ladder and i'm putting up a projector and little did i know that would become my destiny because um i ended up working there for like three plus years this is the story of boyd's audiovisual so me working at boyd's that was what it was called boyd's av um it was it was a big big step for me i had no idea the amount of history that was going to play out from the moment i stepped foot on that first job site after that interview i started working nights my shift was something like 2 to 10 p.m or 2 to 11 p.m or something and um, I worked at schools, school districts. I was just a lowly installer. And I already knew how to use power tools and uh, some basic tools. And um, I was kind of handy. I, I worked at a maintenance uh, facility for about two years prior to that or a year and a half or some change, whatever. Anyway, I knew how to use tools. All right. That's the gist of it. So there I was at Boyd's and I was very spiritual what i mean by that is during the interview i told my boss listen if you want me to be a good worker you need to let me go to church did we argue about that all the time wednesday night would come and i had church service and i wanted to go so i would be like hey can i dip early absolutely not why because i'm trying to run a business son i love mr boyd 
Uh, man, I can. I, there's so many Boyd isms that I can go into, and I'm gonna try to stay away from it. But oh, forgive me if I do it. Anyway, uh, it was an interesting company. He started off as a repairman. He would do camera repairs, digital. Well, actually, it was all analog before. The reason I knew so much about overhead projectors isn't just because I grew up with them in the classroom, but also because I was the delivery man. I was picking up overhead projectors and delivering them around town and uh, bringing them in for my boss to repair. And he would have his folk music. And he was the... Actually, you know, I can't talk down on his repair skills. The guy knew how to repair overhead projectors and laminators. You give him some folk music and he would go to town on those things. So he repaired a lot and I would deliver them. And that was our way of getting in. Little did I know, young Robert, very naive and innocent and ignorant. Um, I had no clue that that was a sales tactic. So what it was is we would show up and be like, yo, I repair overhead projectors and laminators. And they'd be like, oh, that's awesome. Here, take them all. They're all garbage. So we take them in. He'd repair them. And then he would slip the note of we also turn over uh, uh, school rooms, classrooms. School rooms is not what they're called. Classrooms is what they're called. And so we, what he was saying is we can turn over the classroom. So instead of us repairing your overhead projectors, we can install a digital projector from the ceiling and you can now use that instead. And of course, this was pitched to the, the accounting folks at the school districts and the principals and the principals didn't. Um, I, I, without being disrespectful, they were just peons. They were simply pawns in the big game. And what that meant was that if we can get them to move and start speaking to the, the district, enough of them would start speaking up saying, we need this. So then the accounting would be like, fine, here's the budget. And the timing was just right. Grant money was coming in. Everything was old and busted and disgusted and broken and needed to be repaired and replaced. Good old R&R. And that's when Boyd's AV came in. Boyd's, Boyd's, Boyd's. Similar to like Bill Nye the Science Guy. Like, you know, Bill, Bill, but Boyd's. That's, that was our slogan. I'm sure it was official somewhere. And so, where do I come in? Well, um, I was just a lowly installer working at these schools and I, again, I said, give me a job and I'm going to bust my butt. I'm going to be the best worker there is. And my competition was three other guys. Two of them didn't last because of my sheer presence alone. That's not true. They just didn't see a future in the job and they dipped early. Smart on them. The other ones, just kidding. Boyd's is actually very successful. But the other one stuck, stood around for as long as I was there. Um, I think he even lasted longer than me. I could be wrong. But regardless, what happened is good old Mr. Boyd started to ask me, um, you know, do you, ha <laughs> do you have any friends? And the sad truth was I did not. Just kidding. I had plenty. I was like, bro, I got many young friends around my age that also need a job and can do, if not as good as me, almost as good as me. Definitely not better. I will beat them in that department. Nothing to worry about there. So he said, bring them in bring in the boys so i started to hire 
how was how would this phrase go i was thinking about saying like hire like hotcakes that makes no sense so i would i was hiring faster than you can sell hotcakes that's what was going on so i brought in the boys i started to bring in my roommates my friends strangers from the street homeless people anybody i could bring in and as long as they came to church that was not a requirement but that was very helpful because that's what got mr boyd's eye on me at first at first at first what i mean by that is he was a good sunday school teacher admired my obsession with ministry and the kingdom of god and so um he liked that i had a good work ethic and knew that i wasn't to credit remember we would argue because my credit wasn't of my own i would be like listen i'm a great worker because i love jesus that was my philosophy um you can argue with me if you want all day but the truth of the matter was i felt like i'm going to excel and propel and be promoted because i honor god that was my decision i honor god god honors me at the job place things are going to work out for you mr boyd and i truly believed that so much to where again i argued with them about wednesday nights and i started to win that argument because i would be cranky otherwise i'd be a toddler tantrum like yeah i don't want to be here man i hate this job and so i was like no i don't want to go to church so i told him listen i will take my own car to the job sites and i will leave to go to church and treat it like a lunch break and come back and finish the job and he's like ha you can't do that and i said ha challenge accepted and i ruined so many jobs that way i'm just kidding no not true actually i would do it and i would show him up and be like boom in your face in your face job got done i'm amazing promote me i wasn't that confident i'm totally overselling my confidence in this story i was scared of mr boyd so back to the boys the boyd's boys i started to hire people left and right my brother was there my other brother was there my roommates were there the homeless guys i found and brought in they were there um there were so many guys there that we had each other's names there was me robert and then there was robert toe and he would be like, hey, I'm the only Robert here. And I'd be like, oh, fat chance, you do not belong here. So anyway, um, there was Marcus. There was Marcus C. There was uh, Tom Green lookalike. I mean, there were so many guys there. Like, we just had um, just, uh, again, I probably hired somewhere. I want to say like nine or ten guys came from me. And then uh, my other buddy that was there when I got started brought in a couple of guys. They never lasted, of course, because they weren't like my guys. But the stories, I don't have time to go into all of them. But I will tell you this. um, Not everybody made it. (laughs) Not everybody could could handle Boyd's because it was a tough job. We were installing projectors at night. That wasn't tough. We were running lines in, um, you know, ceiling grids. Like we had pop in. It was cookie cutter work. We were just running these lines. Uh, rapid run was what it was called, which still exists today, mind you. Just, you know, no one buys it because it's hot garbage. But back then, nobody knew that. And so we would we would throw the rapid run down, you know, up in the ceiling, down the wall. We had a faceplate. We started to get become um, professionals of how to use the Dremel kit or Roto Zip to cut through sheetrock for face plates. 
get the rapid run down the wall, put the faceplate on, connect it to the docking station. The docking station connects to the laptop. Bada bing, bada boom. You had yourself a room. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we got really good at it. Really good at it. The work wasn't hard. What made it hard? What made it hard was the youth. We were young. We were in between the ages of, you know, 18 and like 24, maybe. And we were just kids having a good old time. And the Boyd's boys were reckless. So we were drinking Munsters and Red Bulls. This is when I was introduced to Nas. These are all energy drinks, by the way, not alcohol or anything crazy like that. But it might as well have been because we were wild. We, were, we would jack ourselves up on sugar. And we would go out and just, you know, do crazy things. Now, I'm not allowed to say everything that we did because of legal reasons. Ha! <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, right. I signed nothing. So what happened in one room is I'm putting up a projector, right? I'm doing my thing. Very good at it. I feel, I feel confident, probably very cocky about my position. And I hear a crash, a loud crash. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what just happened? It sounds like the entire room fell to the ground. I open the door to the portable next to me and there's my buddy Josh on the floor, projector in hand, protected the projector. Good job, Josh. But he did not protect the ceiling. And what happened is I don't think he had a ladder. He may have been on a uh, tabletop of some sort that he should not have been. And the entire, well, not the entire, I'm overselling it, but I might as well just say it. The entire ceiling fell from the sky onto the floor. And there we were making makeshift track bars for the ceiling grid. We remade, we re-infrastructured the entire ceiling of that room to make it look like it never happened. We were like Santa Claus. We showed up, you had no idea we were there other than the crumbs of insulation and ceiling that were left on the floor because we weren't that good at cleaning. Another one, I'm putting up a TV with my brothers. Worst mistake Boyd's could ever make. I'm with my brothers. We are no longer allowed to work together to this day because of this story right here. I'm putting up, uh, no, I rather, I'm taking down a huge TV. It's in a portable. They are inside the portable and I'm outside. Why am I outside, you ask? Because the back then, in order to put a mount for these massive TVs that had no business being installed in the air in the first place, they would actually get all thread or these like crazy long bolts and they would drill them through the wall from the interior all the way outside and stick them out a couple of inches and they would put nuts inside or i'm sorry outside on the bolt sticking out and when doing this it would apply extra pressure so that it can withhold the mount that was going to hold this ginormous probably 40 to 50 to 9500 pound tv and um so we were going to take it down taking the tv's easy we just you know get up there unscrew it take the tv down no big deal TV's very heavy and it felt like we were having kids every time we brought them down the ladder but that was already done so now the easy part right so they're gonna hold on with a ratchet set inside and hold the bolt head inside while I go around the back and using my ratchet set to take the nut off of the inside here's the problem these TVs are very old the mounts are very old everything's very old except for us again our youth 
ruin this job. So there I was on like a six foot ladder when it should have been higher. And I'm trying to unstrap this nut. I'm, I have my ratchet set and I am just all my strength going to town on this thing. I also have a hammer with me. The idea is to help with the hammer would help me kind of, you know, hit the ratchet if I needed to, to kind of get it out of place because it's been staying there for so long. My brothers are inside, not caring about me outside, clearly, because what happens next is as I'm hitting it and they're doing whatever they're doing inside, we're muffling and kind of la- laughing and yelling at it. This is never going to come down. Oh, the youth, isn't it fun to be young? And then with one strike, I hit it and it makes it loose and it hit it, it completely throws me off guard. And then all you hear is a boom and then a And what you were hearing was me trying to save myself because I hit the hammer right against the wall that I was leaning on and uh, because I lost my balance and the sound was the sound of my ladder and hammer sliding from where I was all the way to the ground. And then my, my brothers come out already laughing, not even seeing me yet. And there I was on the ground. And of course, I'm fine. Why? Because of the youth. Because we're young and we're dumb and we're just being silly. And so, yeah, we had a heck of a time. I love that story. I hold it so dear to my heart. Another time, I'm in Corpus and I'm trying to drill and mount another TV onto a wall. But the problem is um, the, (laughs) the drill I have is garbage and the wall is incredibly old. For whatever reason, every building we work in is super old. That's just how this went. Like we, when we worked at a new building, it was like, no, no, you, you don't belong here. Go to the old building. And they kicked me out and I go to the old building. And so that was the sacrifice of being so good at your job. You got kicked to the curb and did all the hard jobs. And so there we were trying to drill through nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm complaining, Mr. Boy, this isn't working. It's not going to work. I'm going to go home. I'm so ticked off. And he's like, just buy a new drill. I got one for you. I'm flying it in for you. And I don't know how that worked out. Someone showed up with a brand new drill. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It looks like a mini gun. It is huge. It is bigger than I am. It's heavy. The bit is ginormous. Everything about this was huge and awesome. And I'm super excited. I'm like, everyone get out of the way. I get to use this drill for the first time. I put it up against the wall. Oh, shit sheer confidence i am ready to just knock this wall down with this drill and that's almost what happens i drill through like butter i mean it just no problem like right through it goes not only does it go through on the wall on my side of the wall but it goes through the other side of the wall that's right i went through the entire wall from my room to the next mind you the reason it wasn't working is because i was going through cement blocks I easily, like butter, went through inside from one side to the other of a cement block with this new drill. It was amazing. I wasn't supposed to go through, though. That was an accident. So we had to clean up the other side. And after that, it was like, okay, someone else can use the drill. I can't use this anymore. And these were the stories. This, these, this was the history that was being made at, at Boyd's. I was learning so much. I was driving on trailers. I had like 20 foot long trailers with scissor lifts in the back and vans and rain and storms. And I mean, talk about leveling up. The experience that, I, that was being made was phenomenal. I'm like 18 years old doing this stuff. 
can I can can you know was this not right? I mean, is all of this uh, gonna end up in a lawsuit or something? Hopefully not, because that would be horrible. But I will say that during the time that we were there, three years, I was there for three years. I went through like ten guys. Again, not all of them lasted. Some of them I've never seen ever again after Boyd's. Sad, sad thing to say. Now, some of them I'm glad I've never seen again since Boyd's. Some of them were a hot mess, but. Um, we, we were, we did this, man. We, we went to like every school in the Northeast school district. And to this day, I can look at signatures of work that got done. And I'm like, yep, that's my signature. I signed off on this job. I was the one who dropped the material off for this job to get started. Two years I did this. And then by the last year, I was like, things got to change. I need a day job. I cannot be here in the evenings anymore. I'm killing myself trying to work this. It's it's hard. I'm um, dating now. I'm getting engaged, and like I'm I'm looking at my future, and I'm like, man, this is rough. So I get the day job. I start working in the office. You know, I start working off the laptop. I'm getting jobs. Bada bing, bada boom. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm doing amazing. So it's going really well for myself. But the Boyd's boys are being sent out to jobs, and I'm not. I'm stuck at the office and the guys are having a phenomenal time without me. And they act like they're miserable, like they're tired of crawling in attics and almost dying and all this stuff. And I'm like, ah, oh, they get to have all the fun. And here I am in the office. I turned into SpongeBob. It was then when I physically started to look more like SpongeBob and my boss started to look more like Krusty Krab, Mr. Krabs. He was no longer Mr. Boy to me. He became Mr. Krabs. And I was no longer Robert to my friends. I turned into SpongeBob SquarePants. That year, I remember dressing up as SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm not being sarcastic. I have pictures. I did it. I did it because that's who I was. It's who I became. I turned into SpongeBob at this job. I don't know who was Patrick Starr. Actually, there's this guy named David, big guy. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be perfect as fun as Patrick. Anyway, okay, regardless, there's a story about David. I got to say it. I got to say it. He was a bigger guy. Good guy. Love the guy. But um, he, he, was, he was kind of a big, big guy. And they bought us these shirts. And I am convinced. In fact, I'm pretty sure I was part of the conversation where they said they were going to force us to wear like smaller shirts than we should have now my shirts were all big on me because i was tiny i've said it before i was like very small so it didn't affect me but other guys it did and one of those guys was mr david and the shirt was a like extra small and he was extra not small so when he wore it, it it looked like it should have been on a toddler, you know, like it, it was bad. And he, he was very uncomfortable and he's trying to cover himself and everything. It was horrible. Mr. Krabs, you went and outdid yourself. This was bad, bad stuff. Anyway, the Vortex story, they're on ladders, right? They're putting up this ginormous screen and they're trying to put it up and they have to lift the ladder above their heads at one point. Now, the shirt is already kind of uncomfortable on Mr. David and he's having a hard time keeping it down. So he lifts the screen up with Mr. Krabs. And as he does this, there's a Vortex sound all at once. <gasps> We're wondering what the noise is. Well, the noise was about 100 plus people all saying <gasps> at the same time. And it was like a suction vacuum. And the reason they did it is because because David's shirt had raised above his belly button. And the look on everyone's faces was sheer horror. 
And Mr. Krabs is the one who told us this story, Mr. Boyd. He told us this story and he laughs his head off every time he would say it. And it came it came true to me then that this guy doesn't care about any of us, which is totally untrue. He actually uh, was pretty good to us, except for the pay. And that's not true. It is it is true, but it's not. You know what I'm saying? Like today I have a business now, right? Attempting one. And me and, and my partner unofficially, but we're pretty much officially partners, but pretty much not. But anyway, we we look at the time there because guess what? My partner today, I found him at Boyd's AV. And what happened is we were there together and I um, witnessed him, told him about Jesus on the job. He probably didn't care. But at the time, I was so fired up because I was getting married And so I told him and I just witnessed to him. I remember praying with him. He says he doesn't remember, but that's because he also went to work high a lot. It's the truth. I'm sorry. But anyway, um, I did pray with him. And then and then I invited him to my wedding and he came. He came to my wedding. was not expecting that. So when he came to my wedding, I'm like, whoa, this guy is this is special. Like that's that's pretty unique. You don't get people to just do that. And he showed up. I taught him how to put up his first TV. To this day, I still brag about that. Clearly, I just said it. And I will let people know, oh, yeah, I taught this guy to put up his first TV. Now, he is an amazing AV programmer today. Better than me. Does circles around me. He does stuff that I don't even understand. But I can at least hold over his head. I taught you how to put your first TV up. And I'm going to hold that all the way until we die. I met him at this place. That's how monumental boyd's av was there is something amazing about that place the three-year period so as i work days and the oh that guy's got a big engine well as i work days and everyone else worked nights and had the time of their lives without me and i was just miserably shriveling up as the sponge as i was without water without any refreshment um the everyone eventually started to leave and live their lives and it was a sad moment because Boyd's had a good reign. It had a good time, man. We did we did a lot of work. A lot of work. A lot of work. We did high schools, middle schools, and elementary schools, and libraries, and auditoriums. I died in so many places. I, I have left pieces of my soul at so many schools. <sighs> Fun times. It was a good time. It was a good run. But people were leaving, and... I eventually was going to be one of those people. One of my brothers had left, and when he left, he told uh, Mr. Boyd he was going to get an office job. And probably one of the best lines I've ever heard while we were there was he said, Oh, good luck out there because they, you know what they say about people who get the office jobs? You get a big butt and a big gut. And it's very true. My brother today has a huge butt and a huge gut. I'm just kidding. That's not true. But anyway, um, yeah, so I eventually was going to leave. I didn't want to. I tried to hold out for as long as I could. I got married and I was going to Corpus every week and I was like, oh man, I can't do this. I can't do it. I want to, but I can't. This is just, this is horrible. So um, I eventually just, you know, had had to leave. And I wanted to leave on a great note, but I just wasn't able to. So, um, I mean, I put in my notice they weren't expecting that and that was the end of the era of Boyd's and I I really did try my best to keep it going um you know as long as possible but after putting the notice in I mean I had to stick true to it you know I couldn't I couldn't stick around anymore so 
<sighs> Alas, I left that place and I went to my corporate job. And I don't have time to talk about that job here because, oh, oh, the corporate. Corporate is so unforgiving. But I don't got time to talk about that right now. So, Boyd's was a good run. I enjoyed my time there. And when I was going to start my business, I knew I'm going to talk to somebody I met from Boyd's. And that's where I met my unofficial, almost official partner that I'm doing work with today. So that's the story of Boyd's. It'll always hold a special place in my heart.